Derek Walcott's 1974 essay, The Muse's History, is honestly one of my favorite pieces from the second half of the 20th century. I think it has a kind of intense poetry to it that really you only get in prose written by poets and great poet at that, but also because it has a kind of ferocity and intensity that is rare, especially in the concluding bits of the essay. That is, Walcott uh, gives a somewhat patient and thoughtful and musing reflection on the meaning of history in the Caribbean context, but then concludes it with a bit that I'll read in a moment that is so full of intensity and proclamation. I, I just, it always stands out to me as one of the real uh, peak contributions of Caribbean theory to our thinking in the late 20th and now 21st century. The context really for this essay is the question of where do the black Americas, he's speaking of course of the Caribbean, but I think we can talk about the uh, black Americas more broadly. Where do the black Americas fit in the story of history? Now, on the one hand, that's quite uh, straightforward, right? That, that the history of the Americas is inseparable from conquest, right? Which is the experience of indigenous peoples of the hemisphere, but also is inseparable from the history of the slave trade, uh, plantation slavery, uh, colonialism, and its aftermath. That is, you can't talk about the Americas without talking about the experience of the black peoples of the Americas. And I say peoples because it is plural. It's across Latin America, the Caribbean, and the United States. <clears throat> but when we... But Walcott is not talking about history quite in that sense. Because what concerns him about that story of history, that the history of, of the Americas uh, would have to also tell the story of the enslavement, uh, colonization, and otherwise violent oppression of black people. He doesn't want that to be the signature sort of characteristic or, or, or orientation or character of how we think about black people in relation to history, black people in the Americas in relation to history, because that simply makes black people in the Americas an adjunct or a footnote or a sort of passive figure in the history of the hemisphere. That is, it's a history of victimization, and that victimization is absolutely undeniable. Now, Derek Walcott is the last person on earth who would even try to, to moderate that. But what's missing there, and what he finds uh, in need of correction in this essay, is the idea that black people in the Americas are authors of their own experience at some level. Now, no one, no group, and no person is a complete author of their own experience, right? We live with others and out of that life with others is a dynamic in which we become who and what we are. That's just, uh, you know, part of being human. But at the same time, and this is so important, um, the experience of the black Americas when put in this wider 
very much Eurocentric uh, question of empire, right? The Black Americas end up being a story in typical storytelling, right? And history is a way of telling stories about the past. The Black Americans are really uh, the passive objects moved from Africa, lost in the Americas, and under the yoke, literally and figuratively, of white people in the hemisphere. Now, <clears throat> that's, again, that's an undeniable truth, and it is absolutely is a feature of how we understand um, the experience of black people in the Americas. But it's exactly that moment of talking about black people in the Americas are lost or estranged from their origin or their home of Af in Africa that Walcott wants to stop and pivot. He wants to stop because the sort of baseline contention of Walcott in this essay and in his, and in his work generally is that black people in the Americas are not lost at all, right? That black people in the Americas have a home established over centuries in the hemisphere. And what would it mean to take that home seriously? What would it mean to take seriously what it means to be of the hemisphere, right? To be black Americans right? America, Americans, meaning the hemisphere, not the United States. What would it mean to be black Americans on its thought on its own terms without reference to Africa or without reference to Europe? What would it mean to take being black in the Americas seriously as its own kind of historical experience? Well, that would mean taking history and the stories we tell about history in a different direction. Because part of what it means to frame, there are two things that, that Walcott wants to move away from, not deny, but just move away from, about when we tell the story of history from the perspective of empire. When we tell that story of history from the perspective of empire, we do two things. One, as I've said, we render black people in the Americas objects upon which uh, white actions take place and create meaning, right? That that the slave trade, the slave trade is is, you know, the the way white uh, white Europe and the white Americas have exercised power at every level, psychologically, physically, economically, culturally, and so forth, on black people and black bodies to make you know, make this violent trade, right? Make this violent uh, institution of, of, of multi-generational, you know, centuries-long uh, enslavement and oppression. So it renders, if we think history from the perspective of empire, it renders everything we say about the black Americas in terms of what Europeans did to Africans in this hemisphere. And those those Africans in the hemisphere, right, those black people in the Americas, end up simply being objects on which white European ideas and actions are imprinted. Walcott wants to move away from that. He also wants to move away from this idea, and it's in the very phrase, Africans in the Americas. Move away from this notion that black people in the Americas are lost and estranged from the continent of Africa. 
Now, that is not to say he's making any kind of commentary on the origins of black people in the Americas. Everybody knows that that came from the slave trade in the, the, the 16th, 17th, 18th, end of the 19th century. <clears throat> but to think of black people in the Americas simply as estranged Africans, right, or Africans lost in the hemisphere, for Walcott doesn't do justice to the fact that black people have lived in the Americas for centuries and centuries and centuries, as long as any white people, right? Not anything like indigenous people, but that's the difference between indigenous people and either uh, forced migra migrants, right? Enslaved people and their descendants, or, um, you know, otherwise migrants from Europe. Um, that the, the you know that's what makes migration different than than indigeneity. But having been in this hemisphere for centuries, Walcott wants to shift away from this idea of African origin, and say what would it mean to just take black people in the Americas seriously on their own terms, which is nothing nothing like what Walcott himself is proposing. But instead, and this is really, really critical, how people have already lived, how people have already come to understand who and what they are. In that way, also, Walcott is pushing against any kind of movements toward, uh, and this was certainly true in 1974 when he published this essay, it continues to be true today, these movements among black people in the Americas to identify with African origins and maybe even identify uh, uh, oneself and one's community and one's people, right, in that sense of black people, as fundamentally African. He pushes against that sense of Afrocentrism in order to recenter, right, a different kind of centrism, which is a centrism focused on Africans in the Americas. And so he concludes in this last paragraph, it's on uh, page 64 of the collection, What the Twilight Says. We spent a lot of time on this in class. It's incredibly important. Where he starts with exactly what I'm saying. He says, I accept this archipelago of the Americas. And that idea of accept means like, we're gonna start from this idea of being here in the Caribbean, because he's a Caribbean writer speaking only of the Caribbean. I'm the one who's expanded it to the Americas, right? To say, we're going to talk about the Caribbean as our starting point. We're not going to talk about what came before and how we are estranged or alienated from that, but instead begin with what is here immediately in front of us for centuries, which is being here in the Americas, being here in the archipelago. He goes on, I say to the ancestor who sold me and to the ancestor who bought me, I have no father, I want no such father, Although I can understand you, black ghost, white ghost, when you both whisper history. For if I attempt to forgive you both, I am falling into your idea of history, which justifies and explains and expiates. And it is not mine to forgive. My memory cannot summon any filial love. Since your features are anonymous and erased, and I have no wish and no power to pardon. So I'm going to pause for a moment and comment on that. This repudiation of paternity 
is so important because what he's getting at in that figure of paternity, right, of the father, is this idea that one's own name, right, who and what one is, is attached to an idea of the paternal, an idea of the father, right? Thinking of the conventions, um, certainly in the in, in many parts of the Western world, of of the child uh, uh, gets the father's name, right, surname, last name, and that's how you carry on an identity, right? My last name is Drabinsky, which was my father's, and my grandfather's, and his father's, and his grandfather's, and so forth. Last name. So that idea that you join a family through the surname, through the father, he's now blowing this up to tell a story or make an evocation of what it would mean to inherit the name of Africa or the name of Europe. Clearly he wants no inheritance of Europe. Europe is only alienation. Europe is only the history of violence uh, and, and anti-black racism and its cruelties. But he also doesn't want the African father, right? He repudiates that as well. And in that repudiation, I think there are a few important things to underscore. One is, you know, he says the, the, uh, the ancestor who, who bought me, but also the ancestor who sold me. And that's that moment where Walcott is saying like, look, if we're gonna be black in the Americas and have nostalgia for and articulate a connection to Africa, to whom are we articulating a connection? That's a difficult question because the way the slave trade worked in, in Western Africa, it was initiated in terms of its transatlantic practice by Europeans, but it was already an existing institution of its own kind. It was not the same as the way slavery is practiced in the Americas, which was unique and had its own particular character that was uh, cruel and terrifying, right? Chattel slavery, the idea that by your race, you are enslaved in perpetuity, right? Across generations. But in Africa, and so in Africa, they practiced a form of slavery, which was really just about conquering, right? You conquer another nation and you you know, part of those practices might be to enslave the people, right? It was part of your kingdom. But uh, the Europeans then come, uh, 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 intensify that slave trade, right? That, that, you know, nations being at war with each other, enslaving each other, and then selling those enslaved people to Europeans for enormous uh, profits. Right, which was just an absolutely decimating practice for the Western part of Africa. I mean, that just has to be said as an aside. That is something that 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 took you know generations upon generations, if ever, to fully overcome. Just the decimation in terms of war and depopulation of Western Africa is just massive. But what Walcott is getting at is that the ancestors to whom he might have an allegiance are not those in Africa who sold him into slavery, but rather to those who were enslaved and are his ancestors in this place, right? The archipelago to the Americas. And so there's a moral thing, I think, there that's really important from, from Walcott. He doesn't want his sense of identity tied to those who sold his ancestors into slavery. 
but also those who bought, right? So obviously Europe is, is out of the question. I don't think he ever takes that seriously. But also Africa, and here he pushes against um, moments of, of Afrocentrism and, and Africanization of identity that certainly was part of people like Césaire, who we've talked about, but um, was also just a general cultural and political movement in the 60s, 70s, and, and really into the present. So there's that, you know, you know, I won't articulate my own identity according to your, meaning the, the African who, the African history that sold him into his ancestors into slavery and the European history uh, that, that, that bought his ancestors into slavery. So by refusing their ideas of history, it affirms a different model, a different idea of what history might look like, what history as it bears down on our identity might look like. And he's like, you know, I have no wish to forgive you. I don't have that power, right? I'm not my ancestors, but I repudiate that paternal line. Going on, he writes, you were, when you acted your roles, your given historical roles of slave seller and slave buyer, men acting as men, and also you, father in the filth-ridden gut of the slave ship. See, now he names his father, right? The enslaved person in the belly of the ship. To you, they were also men, acting as men with the cruelty of men, your fellow man and tribesmen, not moved or hovering with hesitation, about your common race any longer than my other bastard ancestor hovered with his whip but to you inwardly forgiven grandfathers i like the most honest of my race give a strange thanks so there walcott sorts out this idea of paternity in order to name his identity his identity is to be that descendant of the belly of the slave ship not out of a moral or, or artistic desire, but because that's the actual ancestor. That is the ancestor who understands that the black, the African father, what he calls the black father, and the white father, the European father, that those were, were agents of violence. Those were agents who didn't say, right, in the case of the slave seller, as he puts it, they, that slave seller did not hover over, some great phrase, didn't hover over the enslaved with a common idea of race. Right? To that enslaved person in the belly of the slave ship, that, uh, the idea of common race is complete nonsense. It's important that it's complete nonsense because if we evoke it today, we are evoking something that that ancestor would never have understood. And what does that mean to say this is something that ancestor not only wouldn't have understood, but no doubt would have vehemently objected to because it would never have begun to reflect the reality of suffering in the belly of the slave ship in which that common ancestor, quote unquote, of the slave seller saw nothing in common and saw him only as a commodity put on the belly of this ship for generations upon generations, for centuries, to be enslaved in the Americas. Going on, this idea of a strange thanks is important because this is where Walcott's like, I'm going to affirm my identity as a black person in the Americas. And so I give a strange thanks. It's like, you know, it's not like he's glad it happened, but he's like, you know, I don't have to deal with you, Europeans and Africans. He says, I, like the more honest of my race, great turn of phrase, 
Give us strange thanks. I give the strange and bitter and yet ennobling thanks for the monumental groaning and soldering of two great worlds like the halves of a fruit seamed by its own bitter juice. That exiled from your own Edens, you have placed in me the wonder of another, and that was my inheritance and my gift. Sorry, my inheritance and your gift. So he says, he has this image, right? The soldering of two worlds, Africa and Europe, here in the Americas. You know, that's what the black Americas are. They're a soldering of, of Africa and Europe through the cruelest kinds of practices imaginable, right? Centuries of enslavement and the violence of the slave trade and the ongoing violence of both colonialism and neo-colonialism. That cruelty has no bounds. And in some ways there are no words for that level of cruelty. But he says, I'm nevertheless grateful for it because this idea of being a black American, of being Afro-Caribbean is something worth loving, right? He says, it's like two halves of fruit seamed with a bitter juice, right? So it's, it's, it's forged through bitterness, but it's still a fruit. It still has a lusciousness, still has a deliciousness, a freshness, flavor that is amazing that is worth celebrating right which he calls also just his inheritance so whether or not it's bitter or sweet it is the inheritance and like all inheritances it has its burdens and it has its beauties and walcott's trying to move us into that space of repudiating and trying to in some ways refute at the rhetorical level right to evoke something different everything Cesare said about how uh, diasporic cultures have to be reanimated and sustained by African civilization Walcott's like no we are our own fruit we have been through bitter juice seemed you know created through the seamed uh, European and African influences but we are our own people starting from that place of our own people and all the mixtures of cultures that come with that to create this thing called the archipelago to be called to that that is called the black americas that's worth saying yes to but to say yes to it on its own terms without mediation or qualification is to say yes to it without evoking or hearkening back to the two fathers the black father, the white father, the black ghost, the white ghost, the slave seller and the slave buyer. To say yes, to, to, to say no to them is to say yes to this place and its history. As painful and complicated as it can be, as embittering as it can be, it is also a place of sweetness, a place of beauty and a place of profound, uh, profound uh, cultural production.